0: Was it not wonderful to see all the baptisms take place this morning? Isn't that incredible? Is God not good? So awesome. So awesome to see people follow Christ, repent of their sins and turn to Jesus, and then follow through in obedience and baptism. It's a wonderful thing. It fills my heart with joy. And I, I want to I take this moment to get, to get real. Can we get real, church? Can we get real? I'm not going to let you off the hook this morning by being quiet. Can we get real this morning, church? Okay, thank you. Thank you. Um, Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, church? Do you also believe that there are forces we cannot see that are evil? We don't celebrate that, but we recognize it, right? Last week, we had 30 or so people say yes to membership here at Holland Chapel. That awesome? It's awesome. It's awesome. Today we had slated 16 people for baptism. That's awesome. And you've heard me say it. I'm going to say it again. When God moves, Satan hates it. I'm going to say that one again. When God moves, Satan hates it hates it. And I believe that there were forces this week that did not want today to happen. I, I believe that with all my heart. Let, let me fill you in uh, on the week that we had around here. Okay. Uh, uh, after a long weekend, we walked in on Tuesday. Uh, keep in mind that we were slated to baptize today and it takes water to fill up the baptistry. We come in here on Tuesday. We turn on the faucet and mud came out of our, of our, of our lines here. You believe that? Are you with me so far? Mud came out so bad we had to call Benton Utilities, right? Are you with me? That's, that's not it. Wednesday, well, we come in here Wednesday afternoon ready for an awesome night of student ministry, kids ministry. We're, man, we're ready to praise and to worship. Keaton goes upstairs and he starts to, to fire everything up. And then we realize that a surge of power hit the building and fried our live stream computer. Toast, gone. Well, what that does is allow us to record the message posted on YouTube for the gospel to go out and then he moves over a little bit upstairs and he and he turns on the computer that runs the the, the pro presenter slide that, that shows the the word of God on Sunday morning for you it was toast then he slides over to the soundboard and realizes that the that the power surge hit the soundboard and knocked it out are you with me so far church I, I don't believe in coincidences do you I, I, I believe there was a force at work that didn't want today to happen if he is your first time here you're like this guy is crazy
1: this guy's crazy
0: I believe it. Not to mention the, the personal attacks that came to, towards your, your, your pastors. I won't fill you in on that, but I got a phone call Tuesday afternoon. If I would have let it, it would have completely derailed me. So when I've, when I've said before, you need to pray for your pastors, church, I mean it. When stuff like that happens, it, it takes Keaton, I don't even know how many hours you work. We don't have to celebrate that, right, Megan? To get everything back working. It throws us off. So when I say, pray for your church, pray for the gospel, pray for your pastors, I mean it, because there is a war going on that we can't see. Church, you believe me? Let me read it. Y'all thinking I'm crazy. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. We're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities in the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. there's, There's a battle going on that when God moves, Satan hates it and he's going to get in the way. He's going to try anything and everything to derail what God is doing. But here's what I know, and I need a rally cry of God's people. Jesus has ultimate victory. Amen. Oh, he's got ultimate victory. So we can stand here this morning with a screen working, with with sound coming through, because our our God's good, and today is going to take place, so we're going to preach the Word. You ready for it? Today, we're starting a brand new sermon series called God's Design. If you've seen the video, you've kind of seen the, the background behind what we're trying to accomplish with this series. We know, we understand, if we trust the Lord and trust His plan, that He's got a perfect plan for us. I, I need something. I told you I'm not going to let you off the hook today. Do you believe that God has a perfect plan? Raise your hand if you believe that God has a perfect plan for your life. We're all in agreement. But, but one thing that we need to talk about, which we, we kind of briefly talked about in that promo video, was that God's got a plan and it's perfect. But, but there's a little thing called sin that can get in the way. That God's, God's original plan, His original purpose is perfect. And then sin entered the world. If you were here last week, we, we, we talked about, man, because Adam and Eve sinned, there was this barrier that, that God put in, in place that, that needed to be torn down by Jesus Christ that we can't enter into fellowship with God the Father without the forgiveness of sins. And, and, and that's, that story's incredible. It's the, it's the gospel. But what we understood in the story is there's, there's a problem. There's a sin problem, and the sin problem throws off the plan. Does it change the fact that the plan is perfect, and it will always be perfect? We just come along and mess up a little bit. You ever messed up? You ever messed up? Yeah, we're we're all sinners, what the Bible says. We've messed up the plan. But the plan's perfect, and God's going to make things right. We're going to talk about it. So it's going to be a question on the screen for today. What is God's design for humanity? What is his purpose for creating people? Maybe you've asked the question, why am I here? What's my purpose? Why did God uh, feel the need to create anything? If you say he's God and he's uh, self-sufficient, he is all that he needs. Why did he create the earth? Why did he make plants? Why did he make animals? And why did he make people? What's the purpose? What's the purpose behind all of that? Those are all fair questions that I'm sure uh, many of you in this room have wrestled with. Many of you have maybe asked a pastor or a professor, what's up with this? Why did God create everything? It's a wonderful question. But here's here's what I need to, to get out of the way this morning. I can't make you believe the Word of God. I can't. I can't take you to coffee. I can't take you to lunch. I can't take you there and sit you down and and, and make all the arguments that it makes and then make you believe the Word of God. You have to take the Word of God on faith. And if you're a child of God, you understand that. Correct, church? That, That you take this book for what it is. You take this book as the living Word of God that God breathed on pages and He lays things out for us that this is the Word of God. And what we see in the Word of God is that He is the Creator and that we are His creation. Do you believe that, church? That we have a Creator, a perfect designer, and according to His perfect design, He made us. He made people. I can't, I can't force you to believe it. You take the Word of God on faith. But because he is the creator and we are his creation, this fact and fact alone gives purpose, gives value, gives meaning to our life, why we are here. It also answers the question that it is by no accident that that God on the sixth day didn't just wake up and he was like, I'm gonna make these creatures and see what happens. Like God didn't do that. Like, Like God made people for a purpose, God has a plan for. Humanity. He is the creator and we are the creation. And that, and that fact alone, gives us value. I want you to write this down. It'll be on the screen. That mankind has value. Supreme value. Mankind has value. Supreme. I want to share this little analogy with you to help paint the picture. In my home, there are four people. Myself, Ashley, my wife. I have a nine-year-old and I have a five-year-old. Also, uh, living on my property, I have two dogs. I have a black lab named Sunday. She was born on a Sunday. That's awesome. And then uh, I have a German short hair pointer, beautiful dog. His name is Gus, because I like Lonesome Dove. But as many of you know, this past summer, we, we added a couple more creatures to our house in the form of hermit crabs. They're still alive. Can you believe that? Y'all, I gave them four days, for real. And we're going on months now. Named Crabalina and Shiny. If you've seen Moana, you know what I'm talking about. That's so shiny. Shiny. And we've got, we've got those in the house. But what if I was to tell you, man, the the Brown family, we just, we hit some, uh, we hit some dire straits, some financial times where, man, money was getting tough. And if I said, man, we've got to, we've got to make some cuts somewhere. Church, I'm going to pose the question I want you to answer. Where, Where do we start cutting things? Answer me. Everybody goes right after the crabs every time. Every time. I'm going to tell you something, Ron. They don't cost me a dime. They eat leftover food. Like they eat scraps. Like the crabs ain't costing me anything. So we start with the crabs, then then where we go? Man, some of y'all, that pains you to say dogs. You're like, not the dogs. But here's what you didn't say nobody screamed, Ashley, get rid of her. (laughs) Like, man, she's a burden. Like, nobody screamed that. But if we're being honest, like my girls, they cost me a lot of money. Like, they cost me way more than the dogs, even though, like, dog food's getting pretty outrageous. But the crabs are good. Like, for me, we're just going to ride with the crabs for a while. <laughs> but that's not how we measure value. We, we don't measure uh, human life and value based on the financial strains. Because if that's, that's the case where we measure value, man, people got to go. But nobody said it. Why whether you believe in God or not, like you walked in here with this intrinsic knowledge that man, that people matter. Like life matters. Now, the further we get away from the, uh, the perfection in the garden, we're going to see in just a moment that that's even starting to get skewed. But like, like humankind matters, like people have value, supreme value. It's so important for us to understand that. Go to Genesis chapter one. We're to look at 24 through 31. Genesis chapter one, beginning in 24. Then God said, "Let the earth produce every sort of animal, each producing offspring of the same kind." Livestock, small animals that scurry along the ground, and wild animals. And that is what happened. God made all sorts of wild animals, livestock and small animals, each able to produce offspring of the same kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in His own image. In the image of God, He created them. Male and female, He created them. Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it. Rain over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Then God said, look, I've given you every seed-bearing plant throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. And I have given every green plant as food for all the wild animals, the birds in the sky, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. Everything that has life. And that is what happened. Then God looked over all he had made, and he saw that it is very good. And evening passed and morning came, marking the sixth day. So much happens right here in this passage of Scripture, but I want you to, 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 to cue in on it, verse 26 and 27. What we see there in Scripture is that God says, Let us. What? Let us. What we see here is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, working in perfect unity, perfect harmony, and in perfect love, said, let us make human beings. Not only that, but let us make human beings in our image. In our image, God made us. God makes humans in the image of God. Can can you process that for a moment? Like, just really think about that. Like, the, the, the Trinity got together uh, in this council, which tells us that, that human beings are not happenstance. We didn't just evolve or happen. Like God said, like there's a purpose for, for humans, and we're gonna make them in our image to look like us. Human beings. Like, think about that for just a moment. We we're an image-bearer of, of God. Look, like we we look like him. God created us in His image. And I want to put this on the screen. It says we have value because we are image bearers. We bear the image of our Creator. That's why the simple breakdown of all that's going on in my home was so easy for us to grasp. We are image bearers of a holy God. Gus, as beautiful of a dog as he is, 100% purebred, ready to go hunt birds, is a dog. I he, doesn't, he doesn't look like God. Nothing in creation bears the image of God except mankind. That fact, in fact alone, gives us value, gives us supreme value. We bear His image. We bear the image of our Creator. I want to bring you in on a fun little illustration that we as humans, we, we, we bear the image of the one that created us. And as people, we oftentimes bear the image of those that created us on earth, right? It takes two to tango, like, like we were made. And oftentimes we look like those that created us. There's going to be a picture on the screen. Yep, that little lady, uh, that picture is in black and white. That is my mother. Is she not adorable? That's my mom. And then uh, the, the, the next picture, boom, preschool Luke. You see that like matching jumpsuit thing? That's awesome. Like I look like my mom. Praise the Lord. Like I look like my mom. All right, show the, the next picture. Oh, is it that adorable? Y'all know who that is? That's Pastor Nick. Look at him. Look at him. How cute is that? All right, give me this next one. Boom, that's Will, his son. Man, split image. That is awesome. Looks like the one who created me. All right, give me this next picture. That's Pastor Todd. Pastor Todd and that just lush man beard right there. It's awesome. Give me this next picture. Boom! That's Adam. <laughs> it's the beard. It's the beard. Adam. It just... Boom. Y'all know that's awesome. Todd's son, Adam. All right, you can take that off. That's distracting. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Oftentimes, we bear the image of those that created us. Some of you in here, you're like, no, I don't, I don't look like either parent at all, right? But we, we, we bear the image of our creator. God made us in his likeness. But we've got to set some things straight. So many denominations, so many faiths, they twist this. Just because we were created in the image of God doesn't make us God. We're the creation. He's the creator. And what he's done out of abundance of love and unity with the Trinity is, is make mankind in his image, if only for a fading glimpse, because our life is but a vapor, we, we bear the image of a divine God. What a privilege. So what does, that, what does that do for us? Maybe this morning you walked in here and you're like many people from time to time. You're, you're wandering around. You're hopeless. Maybe you've asked the question this morning, like, why, why am I here? I, like I have no value. Like I'm just going to go through the motions. I'm going, to, I'm going to show up here at church, see what happens. Maybe you're battling depression or anxiety and you're, you're like, man, does my life really matter? Like if, if I was gone, would anybody care? L- listen to me, child of God. I want you to lift your head up. Everybody lift the head up. You were created in the image of a holy God. That alone gives your life value and meaning and purpose. And we can rejoice in the fact that we have a Creator and we are His creation, created in His likeness that gives your life value. And I want you to believe it. It gives every single life value. Gives it meaning. Gives it worth. Not only that did He create us, but we see in Scripture that He placed us over all creation. He, he says, man, listen, you, you're going you're to bear my image and, and then you're going you're gonna to reign over the earth. I'm going to give you dominion over it. That, that's what sets us apart from, from everything else in creation. God says, you're it. You, you have supreme value. Like You're over it all. That's his design. But what do we know about his design? Like There's, there, there's this sin problem. It gets in the way. And here's where we're at right now in our culture, in, in, the, in the current context in which we're living. We are seeing the devaluing of the image of God. Here's what Satan wants. I'm going to spell it out for you. you with me this morning? you with me? Here's what I'm going to spell out for you. Satan wants to take a culture. He wants to take a whole generation in through sin and the fall. He wants to to twist our minds. He wants to twist our hearts and make us think that, that human life has no value. That's what he wants. You, mean you, you you think I'm crazy right now. Do you see it? Are you with me? Like, uh, Do you wake up in, in the day? Do, do you walk the streets? Do you see what we're dealing with? Now, here's what I know. Here's what I know. One day, uh, Christ is going to have ultimate victory over this rough, dark world. Amen? We know he's going to have victory. But, but right now, it seems like Satan's gaining a little ground. Uh, you turn on the news. You, you go to the workplace. You see what's happening. Like, listen, this is why abortion is even a debate. Like, it floors me, church, that, that an abortion is it's even a topic of discussion. What we see in Scripture is that all life matters. That, that we're created in the image of God. And what we're seeing is Satan start to twist the minds and the hearts of people. And he's coming after the image bearers. If Satan hates God, and we bear the image of God, Satan hates us. He's coming after us. And he wants to twist our minds and our hearts to to devalue the the, the pinnacle of God's creation, which is mankind. And and so what we see here is that, that life now is debated. Listen to me, church. That's not a political debate. That's a spiritual debate. We're fighting against those forces, evil forces. Now listen to me. If abortion is a part of your story, I want you to hear me out right now. There is forgiveness for that at the foot of the cross. But that does not change the fact that that is a sin and that is a life. It's a life. I want you to do something. If you're, if you're friends with my, with my wife on, on Facebook, I want you to go watch a video that she posted uh, yesterday about a child with autism that was raised in church. And what we see here at Holland Chapel is that we, I can't speak for all churches, but Holland Chapel, we, we value human life. Every life. And what we have here at Holland Chapel is a ministry called Limitless, specifically designed for children with special needs. And if you watch this video that she posted, it's a a child with autism that was Raised in church and he was baptized after placing his faith in Jesus uh, the professionals in, in the uh, doctor said he'll never have the cognitive ability to, 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 to process this and come to faith. And as he was being baptized in church, somebody was reading his story, much like what we did up here. And in the story that they said, Wow. He loved to come to church to hear about how much Jesus loves him. He loved coming to church every single week to see the smiling faces and to see the people that care for him. He loved to hear all about God's Word and how his life mattered. And as he's in the baptistry, the person reading the story that he wrote says this. When God created me, he said it was very good. Life matters. Life matters, all of it. Why? Because we're created in the image of God. We're image bearers of a holy God that gives worth and value to every single person. That's why, have you ever been to a nursing home? You ever been to a nursing home? Th- those people, th- their life matters. Your life matters up to the very last stage. It's like, like your life matters. Like We have ministries here at Holland Chapel that, that their sole purpose is to go and love on those that, that are unsheltered, those that are homeless, that are poverty stricken. We have ministries that serve the, 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 the minorities in our, in our culture, those that are, that are disenfranchised, pushed to the fringes of society. Our culture wants to tell us that some people have value and some don't. Well, I'm here to tell you this morning that every person was created in the image of God. Amen, church? Every person. What this uh, Imago day, what, what that means is a Latin term, which means the image of God, like, like, like Satan wants to destroy the Imago day that we are created in the image of God. That's the reason when we say, from, from the, the, the womb to the tomb, life matters. As children of God, those in this room, I can't speak for a lost and dying world, but for those in this room that claim faith in Jesus, we stand up for life because we know every life was created in the image of God. In its infancy. At beginning stages all the way to the end, no matter what happens in between, life matters. We are image bearers of a holy God that gives our life value and worth. In His image, He created us. The very pinnacle and crown jewel of His creation is us. But with this, being created in the image of God gives us some responsibility. You Ready for it? Write this down. Because we are image bearers, we must reflect His glory. Because we bear His image, we must reflect His glory. Isaiah 43, we read it last week. Let me let me read it again for us this morning. Isaiah 43, 6 and 7. He says, I will say to the north and south, bring my sons and daughters back to Israel from the distant corners of the earth. Bring all who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory. It was I who created them. This is God speaking. So that question at the very beginning, what's God's design for humanity? You just got the answer. You were created for God's glory. God created mankind on the sixth day to reflect His glory. That's why we were made in His image. To reflect a holy God, John Piper, writes this. He says, we exist, mankind, to see and savor and show the beauty and worth and greatness of God in every sphere of our lives. We are created to reflect God's glory. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31. I'm going to put this on the screen. We're gonna take this a step further. We're gonna make it super simple. First Corinthians 10, 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. I did not place that scripture on the screen to, to oversimplify what it is, why why we were created, what, what's the purpose of our life. But listen to me, church, it's it's that simple. You were created to bring glory to God. What this passage of Scripture says, in the nitty-grit, like in the mundane parts of life, everything you do, do it to bring honor and glory to God. What what is it, eat or drink? Man, I think we got that down, no big deal for some of us. And then the second part, like whatever you do, like that's the part that gives us issue, isn't it? Like, that, that's, that's the struggle. That's the everyday, what are we doing from, from when we wake up to when we go to sleep? So everybody's woke up right in their own way. Everybody has an alarm clock or a kid, whatever. However you get woke up, raise your hand if it's by a kid. Nah, you need prayers. I get it. You need prayers. But we all wake up in the morning. We all get ready for the day. We all ha- have this, like, what am I going to do today? That, that whatever you do, Paul says, in every aspect of your life, bring honor and glory to God. But there's a problem. That's His design. That's His plan. But sin messes it up, doesn't it? Have you ever? I want some response. Have you ever started a day with good intentions? You ever started a day with good? Like it's going to be a great day. Like you give yourself a, 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 a pep talk. You're like, man, this is going to be awesome. Like I'm a witness. I'm going to be loving. I'm going to share Jesus with my smile. Then you walk outside to a flat tire. Then how does that go? Right? Just derails. And then our flesh takes over and sin takes over and you just grouch all day, right? And and then when you're looking at the scripture when he says whatever you do, bring honor and glory to God, man, you look at that day and you're like, I failed. Because there's a sin problem. God's got a plan, but we're sinners. Here's what we need to understand. Much like last week if we are going to reflect the glory of God, we have to have our sins taken care of. In in Isaiah chapter 43, he says, Bring all who claim me as their God. Let them reflect my glory. Listen, child of God, if you placed your faith in Jesus, you've been forgiven of those sins that, that barrier has been stripped away. And in Christ, you can have help to reflect the glory of God. Amen? Who needs help from Jesus every single day? I want you to write this question down. It won't be on the screen. This is one for us to reflect, or uh, yeah, to think on, to reflect on, to ponder. Is your life reflecting the glory of God? I want you to ask yourself that. I want you to bring it before God Almighty. And I want you to have this dialogue with Him and say, God, is my life reflecting your glory in the whatevers in life? It's a tough question. Because we know there's a sin problem, selfishness, sin, all that gets in the way that keeps us from reflecting His glory in the whatever. It's such a big challenge for us this morning, church, in the whatever you do. Last night, I was tucking the kids in to, to bed. My oldest, she has placed her faith in Jesus. Praise the Lord. And so every night we, we're going through this devotional book. It's wonderful Like when your kids can begin to read. And she starts to, to, to read a passage of Scripture and this devotional thought, and it lined up a lot with what we're talking about today. It, it was challenging her that in, that, in, that in all her work, she needs to work hard for the glory of God. She's not always perfect. Are you? Not at all. But she's starting to process that. and she starts to ask me questions. Like, Dad, even even when Mom tells me to clean my room, especially then, sweetheart, that's when you do this for the glory of God. Like, don't backtalk your mom. Just just go, right? Like, even when I need to, like, put my trash in the trash can, absolutely. Well, like, even at school, when, like, kids leave trash in the cafeteria, like, I go by and I pick it up, absolutely. You, You see, at nine years old, She's starting to process that everything she does is done for the glory of God. At nine, can we process the same, adults? Can can, can we process that every sphere of our life is meant to reflect the glory of our Creator? Big challenge. Is my life reflecting the glory of God? I want you to ponder that this week. That's the answer to the question, what is God's design for humanity? He created us in His image for us to reflect his glory in and through Jesus Christ. Let me pray for us. God, we love you. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the instruction that it gives. Thank you for the challenges that it brings. But God, I want to praise you for the book of Genesis and how it answers so many of life's questions. and gives us faith and hope and confidence in you as our creator. So help us, God, to live out our purpose in this life to reflect your glory in every aspect of this life. But we know the sin gets in the way and we need help from Jesus Christ. We need him each and every day so that we can reflect the glory of God. So, God, I pray for this church, every soul represented here today that you would move in their hearts, that you would move in their life, that they could fulfill the purpose that they were created for, to reflect your glory. Thank you for your son, Jesus. We ask everything in his precious name. Amen.